Good evening, everyone. Amen. Okay, first of all, I would like to thank and praise God for giving me the opportunity to uh, meet Pastor Jan and all of you. And I would like to praise him for uh, allowing me to be here tonight and uh, be able to share the work back in the Philippines. And I would like to also thank Pastor Jan for being um, welcoming and accommodating. We have been communicating every now and then for this very special night. And um, um, as you know, in the Philippines, it's hot. And um, 90% of the houses and churches don't have air conditioning. So that's why we have dressed like this. And um, I prefer to wear this because uh, I would like to represent my country. So I hope it's fine to all of you. So as you have seen in the video, um, I started the work back in 2013. And um, it's in a remote village uh, where our ministry is focused on these remote villages. And um, we, we go to these remote villages to bring the church to the people because the people here, they live below poverty line and they can't afford to go to the city or to the downtown to be able to attend church. And so I praise God that um, my pastor, my missionary, he, uh, God gave him this vision to start um, small churches in these small and remote villages. So the Philippines is a Catholic country. Uh, here, every, every one mile, probably you will see a Baptist church or an evangelical church or an, a Christian church. But in the Philippines, every one mile, you would see Catholic churches. And they are big, uh, like cathedrals. And so um, I never heard the Bible until I was 15 years old. I was born and raised a Catholic in a small village. And um, I could remember when I was small, um, when I was in elementary school, the priests and the nuns would come, visit us, teach us some songs, teach us how to pray to Mary, teach us how to pray the rosary, teach us how to do the communion, uh, teach us a lot of things, but they never taught uh, they never taught us about the Bible. They never taught us about the gospel. They, they never even told me or told us that there is a book called the Bible. I mean, I would see some pamphlets that would, uh, when I was young, pamphlets that uh, verses were written, like Mark chapter 14, uh, verse 1. But I didn't have any idea what were those numbers for because I didn't know that there was a Bible, uh, uh, a book called the Bible. And so uh, now um, the Lord has called me to these small villages to reach out to these kids and to the, to the children, make sure by the grace of God that they don't need to reach the age of 15 before they hear the gospel of Christ. And so now every, every Saturday, our ministry to the youth and to the kids is a little bit or more intense because um, uh, we try to, to make sure that these children, the Word of God, 
will be planted in their hearts in their very young age. And so um, um, every Saturday we go to one place and gather youth and kids and children next Saturday to another place. And we do this every Saturday. And every last Saturday we gather them, bring them to church and teach them about the gospel and uh, the kingdom of God and um, feed them also physically because um, um, many of these kids, uh, they live below poverty line and they they are not having um, sufficient nutrition in their own houses. And so this ministry God has given to us. So my our first ministry which is located in the village of Santa Rosa. Um, in, in, in English, that is um, Saint Rose. So that is a Catholic patron. So we, most of our village are named after Catholic patrons. So in Santa Rosa, I started the, the work there, and I, I didn't know any, anybody, but the Lord has um, led us to do the work there, and um, we didn't have enough money to start the work. The, uh, that's why we ended up uh, um, doing our gatherings in a motorcycle parking space, which did not have any walls. And across that, um, the road uh, in front of the motorcycle parking space, Pastor, is a basketball court. And um, the Philippines is a basketball country. Because um, when we were younger, we were not introduced to other sports. Because um, other sports are like, uh, um, to us, are like expensive. Like if you would play volleyball, you need a net. And most... Um, we didn't have uh, the means to buy the net for the volleyball. And um, for other sports like tennis, we need the racket and, uh, and also other sports. But basketball, we just need the ball and the hoop. We, didn't, we don't need the rubber shoes and, and, every, and, and things like that. We can play with our slides or with our barefoot with basketball. So... We were there, it was hot, it was noisy, and as you know, the Philippines is like a country that is um, hot and wet at the same time. It means um, we get a lot of sun and a lot of rain at the same time. And I could remember twice while we were there for three years in that motorcycle parking, parking space that I preached and it rained so hard and my, my feet got soaked ankle deep in ankle deep rainwater while I was preaching. But praise and thank God uh, because He provided for us a property and a building after three years. And um, now I'm here in the U.S. By the way, never in my wildest dream um, would I see or imagine that my feet would set, would set here in your country, in the United States. Never in my wildest dreams. But uh, God has um, called me in, back in 2019 to do missionary work. Um, also, never in my wildest dream have I thought to become missionary. Um, I, I thought of myself that um, I would just be a, a local pastor in a small village, but God has put this, this desire in my heart, and now I'm here raising funds and raising support um, because God has 
put another remote village in my heart, and the name of the village is Santo Rosario. So in English, that is the rosary. So we have like Santa Monica, Santa Rita, San Vicente, San Nicolas, San Martin, San Jose, San Juan. I can go on and on uh, mentioning all these villages named after Catholic patrons. So this village of Santa Rosario is more remote than the current village where, where I am working. It's in the middle of the rice field. And the, the, village, the village of Santa Rosario is isolated right there in the middle of the rice fields. So please pray for me and um, um, please consider me uh, as one of your supported missionaries. I'm praying and coveting for your support. And um, I would like you to be a part of this work when, I, uh, when the Lord allows allow me to start it early next year. So um, thank you so much. Tonight um, I would like to share the word of God with you found in the book of Mark chapter 14 and verse 3. And uh, before I continue, maybe you have some questions or anything like that. Yes, sir. Um, again, sir? Oh, uh, yeah. We have it. Um, it just, um, the rain just slows down on December, January, February, March, but it's still raining. Even when we, in our season called summer, it's still raining. How far away is Santa Rosaria? Um, it's probably um, eight to ten miles, Pastor. What's the population like? Um, probably the voting popula population is like twelve to fourteen thousand voting population. Yes, ma'am. Um, no, this, we dedicate the the Saturday for the children. Anyone else? Okay, thank you so much. Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 9. Verse 3, And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she broke the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. And Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble ye her? She hath wrought a good work on me. For ye have the poor with you always. And whensoever ye will... You may do them good, but me ye have not always. She hath done what she could. She is come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she hath done shall be spoken of for a memorial 
of her Father in heaven, most gracious and most loving. Thank you for this time that you have given to us. Thank you for this opportunity that you have given to me to be able to share the work uh, that you allowed me to do back in the Philippines and to be able to share your word tonight to our brothers and sisters in this church. Thank you for each and everyone who uh, are here tonight. We ask that you would bless this time as we study your word, guide us, illumine us with your Holy Spirit, um, reveal to us the truth of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> so, um, the verses that I just read are familiar verses, especially if you have been a long-time Christian. Maybe you have read these verses a couple of times, or maybe you have heard some sermons, a couple of sermons taken from these verses. So, let me just serve as a reminder to all of you tonight as I tackle these verses. So, we see here a man called Simon, which um, uh, was a former lep uh, leper. So, he, has, he had this um, condition that was beyond cure, which is leprosy, but praise God, because of His grace and mercy, Jesus healed this man. And so, when this man received his healing, he was so happy, and he wanted to celebrate, which he did. And he put up this big celebration in his house, and he called all his relatives and friends to come over and join him and celebrate his healing. And of course, how can he forget to invite the one who healed him, which is our Lord Jesus Christ and his disciples. And while they were there in his house, enjoying the moment, enjoying each other's presence, enjoying the food, suddenly, without announcement, a woman whose name is not given, broke in. And I could imagine the silence that took place when she came in. All eyes were upon her. All eyes wondering why, why she broke in. When she knew that that place was not for her. But she came. And within her, within her hands is a very precious ointment, a very expensive ointment. According to our text, it's worth like a year's wage of an ordinary farmer, 300 pence. Probably in the Philippines, that, that's the wage of an ordinary employee, which is worth like a brand new tricycle. Probably here in your in your. A country, it's your brand new car. I don't know if I'm right. <laughs> but it's very expensive. And when this woman came holding this very expensive perfume, everyone was wondering why she came and why she had this very expensive perfume in her hands. But when she entered the house, she did not stop anywhere, but she went and go ahead to our Lord Jesus Christ. And when she was there, besides our Lord Jesus Christ, suddenly she broke the box. 
And everybody was surprised. And, and now everyone, most of the people who are there are, are saying, what is this waste that this woman has made? She just wasted this very expensive ointment. You know, in some, in some accounts of the Gospels, uh, we are told that some of these people who murmured against this woman were disciples. And shame upon them for thinking that what this woman has done to the Lord was a waste. You see, the ointment, when the woman poured it to our Lord Jesus Christ, was put to its proper use. It was more wasted when it was in the box than when it was outside the box. For it was doing nothing inside the box. But when it came out of the box, it was answering its purpose. It was perfuming first and foremost our Lord Jesus Christ and all the room. But everybody said, what a waste. What a waste. But we all know it's not a waste. If it's not a waste, where is the waste? So this is the title of our message tonight. Where is the waste? Number one, when you got everything this world could offer, but you don't have Jesus Christ. If you have everything this world could offer, but you don't have Jesus Christ, your life is a complete waste. In verse 3, <coughs> Our text tells us that this woman, she came. She came to the Lord. In John chapter 6, we, 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 would, we, we see the Lord Jesus Christ saying, All that the Father has given me shall come to me. And this woman, she came to Jesus. It is a proof that um, this woman has faith and relationship with God. That is why she came. And you are here, you came tonight, because you recognize your faith and relationship with God. Obviously, this woman is a true born-again Christian. She has the fear of God in her heart, and it enabled her to overcome fear of man. Don't tell me when this woman came to that house full of men, she was not scared. But she was, but she overcame her fear of man because she has the fear of God. She cared more for the worship of her Savior and Creator rather than the worship of money. The Bible tells us we cannot love two masters. Either we would love the one and hate the other. So this woman came not because she was looking to be applauded by the crowd. She came not because she wanted to gain the praise of everybody. She came not to be accepted. She came not to please men. No, sir. The way I see and understand it is that she only had one purpose and ultimate goal for coming. And her purpose is to give glory to the Savior, to her Savior, to her Lord. And she was so resolved to do it no matter what. Why? Because she knew very well that in Christ, she has everything. She knew that in Christ, she is complete. 
in Christ, she is contented. That in Christ, she can be satisfied. That in Christ, she can be secured. Because she knows that Christ is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. According to the power that worketh in us. She trusted Christ Completely. Sadly, many professing Christians nowadays, their priorities are material. Their priorities are fleshly and worldly. They are aiming for the wrong things because they have neglected the main thing, which is the glory of God. The mindset of this Professing Christians is worldly success, worldly influence, worldly fame, worldly prominence, worldly prestige, and self-glory. Thinking that when they get there to the top of worldly success, they will be the happiest, most complete, and satisfied person on earth. Just to find out that, that when they reach the peak of worldly success... They find themselves wanting and wanting even more. Why? Because the world will not give you satisfaction. The world will not give you contentment. Because there's nothing up there on the top of the world but emptiness and loneliness. The word of God is true. Ecclesiastes chapter 5 and verse 10 tells us, He that loveth silver shall not be satisfied with silver. How many famous and wealthy people, celebrities around the world that we have known who has everything like money, fame, fortune, prestige, power, influence, and more. And yet still, we see a lot of them being lonely and empty, resorting to illegal drugs, to alcohol, and to worldly things. Why? Because they are searching for happiness and satisfaction, but they can't find it. Because they are looking in the wrong place. Regretfully, some of these super famous people even resort to suicide. Thinking that if they end their life, everything will end. Not knowing that what is waiting for them is the wrath and the judgment of God. Why? Because there is no real peace and true satisfaction in worldly success. Only Jesus can satisfy your soul. Only Jesus can give you real peace because he is the Prince of Peace. He said in John chapter 15 and verse 5, without me, ye, you are nothing. You can do nothing. Paul said in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 7, but what things were gained to me, those things I counted loss for Christ. I count all things but lost for the excellency of Christ. It's not bad to accumulate things from this world as long as you have Jesus Christ. But if, you, but if all that you have is worldly things and you don't have Jesus Christ, it is waste. It's a waste. You're living a life that is wasted in the sight of God. Mark chapter 8 verse 36 tells us, For what shall it profit a man? If he gains the whole world, but lose his own soul. Where is the waste when you have everything, but you don't have Jesus Christ? Where is the waste? Number two, when you are in the work, but you never do the work. When you are in the work, but you never do the work. I believe most of you here are employed. 
What if tomorrow, Monday, you go to your work and do nothing? You just sit around and do nothing. Even if your boss passes you by, but still you just say, Hi boss, and you do nothing. What will happen to you? Goodbye. Right? You're fired. Why? Because it is a waste to be in the work and never do the work. This woman realized that there is a work for her to do. And it's now, not tomorrow, not later, but now. It might have appeared that uh, the woman was in a very inappropriate place to do her service to the Lord Jesus Christ. But you know what, brothers and sisters? To the world, it is always inappropriate and wrong to serve the Lord wherever you are. Because the world hates God. The world hates the truth. That's why they are, they, the government and all, all these organizations, they try to remove uh, God, the Bible, and prayer from, from all these organizations. Even in public schools, they, they remove God, prayer, and the Bible. And now they're, they're, they, they are having all this mess. And they are wondering why. It's because you hate God. And you try to remove God. Romans chapter 1 verse 28 tells us. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. They don't want anything that has to do with God. But praise God. By his grace. He saved us from that condition. So this woman. Her motivation. To come and serve our Lord Jesus Christ. Was not based on the opinion of the crowd. Because when she tried to do. Or when she was about to do. What she wanted to do for Christ. Everybody was against her. And, some, and there are times when, when, we, when we go to church or serve God. The people around us will be against us. But brothers and sisters let us become like this woman. Don't be discouraged of what you hear around you. What motivated this woman to do her work for Jesus was her deep love for her Savior. Because she knew that she was unworthy of the forgiveness she received from God in Christ. You see, when she came, she was in tears, according to other accounts of the gospel. She was in tears as she was offering this Expensive perfume to the Lord. Why? Because she thought within, her, within herself that her offering to God was so small. That's why she was in tears. And she was telling, she was praying as she was doing that. Lord, please accept my small gift. Why? Because she compared her gift to the love and forgiveness that she has received from God. But the people around her saw it as a waste. But the Lord told them that she has done what she could, according to verse 8. Leave her alone. She has done what she could. It means she did her part. It means she did what she can do. Oh, how I wish that one day when we stand before God, we could all hear the sweet words from the lips, from the lips of our Savior. My child, you have done what you could. What a comforting words for this woman to hear. After all the discouragement around her. 
She did what she could. Her desire and eagerness to, to do her part in the kingdom was relentless. Sometimes we, we would hear some accomplishment, some success, some things that are uh, accomplished um, in the ministry here and abroad. And we would feel so happy about these accomplishments. But the question is, are we a part of what's happening? Are we a part of all of that? Are we involved? How much do we involve ourselves? Are we willing to sometimes get out of our way or get out of our comfort zone just to involve ourselves in everything that the body of Christ is doing? Let's sacrifice just so we can involve ourselves in the work of the Lord here in the church and in mission works. But our work, when we are doing it, we are not alone. God is with us. Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 10 tells us, Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with all thy might. For there is no work nor device, nor knowledge, nor wisdom in the grave whither thou goest. So why, while we have our strength, while we have our health, let's work for the Lord. Because when we go down to the grave, there is no more work for us left to do. Where is the waste when you are in the work but never do the work? And lastly, where is the waste when you stop in the work of the Lord because of the world? You see, this woman, it's clearly seen in our text how her endurance is displayed when, when she uh, did her work for the Lord. All the odds were against her. But her endurance did not allow that to defeat her. The moment this woman arrived in Simon's house, the pressure, the peer pressure was already there. Everyone's, uh, everyone raised an eyebrow against her. Everybody spoke evil against her. Everybody abhorred her, hated her, mocked her, despised her. Without shame, they openly uttered their dismay against what she did. Proudly, they exclaimed that she was wrong to the highest rank in pouring out this very expensive perfume on the Lord as a sign of her worship. They said it's a waste, but truly when the perfume was still inside the box, it was lying in waste and useless. But when it was poured on the Lord, it served its purpose to glorify God. Whatever is your valuable possession that's still inside the box, don't keep it lying in waste for too long. Pour it on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let it serve its purpose. You see, this woman, she endured all things. And she did not stop. And there is one thing that she also endured, and it's herself. Yes, there are times when we need to endure ourselves. You see, this woman, she endured herself. She overcame her weaknesses. She overcame her doubts. She overcame her fears. She overcame her limitations, her excuses and alibis. She endured herself. She endured even their culture, their custom, the mocking of the people, and the things that were said against her. She endured all of this. Even the presence of the religious leaders who are there, she endured all of them. She endured everything for the glory of the Lord. 
she did not have any plan to stop until she accomplished her mission. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 12 tells us, Ye and all that will live godly in Christ shall suffer persecution. The Bible tells us if we live godly in Christ, we will be willing to suffer for him. If we live godly, the Bible tells us if, if um, um, you live godly in Christ Jesus, you might, you may be. You may be willing to suffer. You might suffer. No. The Bible tells us you, you shall suffer persecution if you live godly for Christ. Like this woman, because of her godly walk in the sight of God, she suffered all the persecution. And she was so willing to suffer for the Lord. You see, there is a great danger when you stop serving the Lord because of the world. We have an example in the Bible, and it's Demas, who walked no longer with the Lord, but walked with the world. And that is a very dangerous situation from one person who once professed Jesus Christ and now walking with the Lord. You are putting a huge, huge question mark and doubt in your profession of faith in Christ. So please, please do not stop. You might get weak, cold, weary, and you might feel you want to stop. That's okay, but don't stop. Keep walking with the Lord. When lives are lost in Christ's honor or strength is spent in his service, there is no waste. It is what life and strength are made for that they may be spent for the glory of God. The Bible tells us, Jesus said, Whosoever shall find his life shall lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 tells us, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Don't faint. Don't faint, Christians. Don't faint. Don't waste what God has entrusted you. Don't waste what God has given you. Don't waste the life that he bestowed on you. Don't waste it on temporary things. Don't waste it all on material things. It's, as I said, it's not bad to accumulate all of these things. But if we can spend our money on this kind of things, we should be also willing to spend our, our money to, to things that has eternal value. Let's be invested for the work of Jesus Christ because he is so worthy of our faithful service. Where is the waste when you have everything but you don't have Jesus Christ? If you don't have Jesus Christ tonight, run to him immediately. Run to him quickly before it's too late. Where is the waste when you are in the work but you never do the work? Where is the waste when you stop in the work of the Lord? Because of the world. Philippians 1 verse 29 tells us. For unto us it is given. Unto us it is given. Not only to believe. But also to suffer. For his name's sake. Thank you very much. Okay. 
I appreciate that message, brother. I appreciate your enthusiasm as well. And he didn't just get up to give us a good talk. He gave a, gave a message and preached. So I appreciate that. Thank you. And good message. I want to go ahead and have a time of invitation. I don't know how the Lord may have spoken to your heart during that. I'd just like to ask Mel to maybe just play some piano music for us, if you would. Let's just bow our heads for a moment and respond to the Word of God. When a preacher comes and gives the Word of God, he gives the message for the hour. He's speaking on behalf of God, and and uh, we, we hear truth through personality. I'd just like all of us to bow our heads, close our eyes, just between the Lord. He's speaking truth, and it's coming through His personality. But the Lord uses the words of God as they're preached to speak to hearts. Uh, has the Lord uh, dealt with you about wasting your life? Life is short. It will soon be past. Only what's done for Christ will last. We can spend our time on ourselves, on worldly pursuits. We can waste our lives. Or we could be busy doing as much as we can for Jesus. And in the name of Jesus, maybe he's calling you to pour out your life in one way or another. How is he calling you to serve him? Maybe it's, a, maybe it's an extravagant, generous gift to one ministry or to another. Maybe it's just giving of yourself, putting yourself into the plate and giving yourself to a ministry. Maybe the Lord's called you to give yourself to raising grandchildren. I don't know what it might be. Maybe the Lord's called you to be in a ministry. How's he dealing with your heart tonight? You can just talk to him right now and just say, Lord, I've heard you. You've spoken to my heart. I surrender in this area. Lord, help me to be generous. Thank you for rebuking me for being stingy. Or, Lord, help me to be busy with you. I've been busy with just living for myself and things that aren't necessarily bad, but I'm not doing anything for you right now, Lord, and pray you'd help me to do that. God, I pray that you'd bless this message to our hearts. Lord, we need to hear things like this every once in a while. Hey, and Lord, I know I know very well that uh, I can be in the ministry and be a preacher and be uh, wasting my time in the ministry and not doing what you'd have me to do. And so, Father, I pray that you'd help me with that as well. Help this church, Lord, and lead us, guide us, use us, Lord. As I fill the pulpit in this church, I pray that you'd help all of us to work alongside you as you fill the pews with those that you want here, those that you'll gather together to covenant with one another for the sake of the gospel. Pray that you'd help us in this area this summer to spread the gospel. Lord, I pray that you'd receive our offerings to you. Lord, help us just to do what we can. We can't do everything, but what we can do, we should do. And help us to do those things, to find those things that we know that you want us to do. And then to uh, ignore all the criticism. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. That was a good message. Okay, at this time we have to handle a little bit of uh, church business. I'm going to move down here. And so... uh...
think I'm going to put on this little tie tag. So.